Welcome to the Nude Attitude, where we shatter the mirrored ceiling, worship our sexy selves, and talk about all things holy. This is a safe place where we will be throwing around confidence like confetti and applauding people flaunting their bodies no matter the size, color, gender, or ability. I'm your host, Madeline Gregg, and we're about to dive into the lady pond or whatever gender you prefer to sink into. So raise your glasses high and cheers to your slut side in this nude revolution. So we're, are you ready? Yeah, I'm good. Awesome. We're going to start with a couple of icebreakers. Um, what's your name and what do you prefer to be called? Um, both are Tara. Okay. Um, I have to be Tara as well. Tara and Tara. All right. Um, what's your pronouns? I go by she or her. What's your sexual orientation? I am bisexual. What's your favorite position? Oh gosh, there's so many good ones. Um, I think right now, uh, I don't know what name, what you call it. It's, you know, on your back with knees um, bent, um, like with a lot of pressure uh, with male or female doesn't really matter which as long as there's something in my vagina and on my clitoris that all right so like basically knees above your head on your back uh gosh if i were that flexible yes (laughs) (laughs) but i haven't done yoga in like five years so (laughs) it may not get there (laughs) i will get there before my knees do (laughs) all right (laughs) Um, what's the last porn you watched? Oh, gosh. It's been a while. Okay, so last porn I watched was, yeah, it was lesbian porn. It was, um, I don't, it was something on Pornhub. Solid. (laughs) It was a threesome and lovely. Solid. It got the job done. (laughs) Um, what's the most amount of people you've had sex with at one time? Mm, well, I, I would say that I've actually been physically intimate with, like, at, like in the same session, because I've had sex in places where other people are also having sex within touching distance, but, you know, I was not having sex with everybody. But I would say that um, to really three people, just me and two others, as far as, unless you can't, if you count hands that just happen to be in there, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you, but okay. as far as actually being sexually intimate with. Okay. You're uh, so vanilla. <laughs> you know, the other day, <laughs> like, we were trying to explain some things to uh, some friends of ours, and Jason mentioned, oh, well, Tara's not really promiscuous. And I'm like, 
high school me would have definitely thought I was promiscuous. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's such a relative term. Like, in who, whose view, you know? Well, apparently, to some people we know, I, I'm not <laughs> promiscuous. <laughs> Um, what do you think your most attractive feature is? Uh, I actually think my feet. Um, I'm really proud of my feet. Okay. Anything that made me unhappy about my feet. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> what feature do you struggle to love? Um, I would say my abdomen, just because I have a short waist. And yeah. Hard, um, yeah, it's hard to make that into a or feel like it has a shape. Okay. What future do you notice first on someone that you're attracted to? Their personality. That's For male and female? Male and female. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the chemistry, a lot more than actual physical features. Sure. And then how do you unwind? Um, like I am now with friends and coconut rum. Yeah, okay. So far, uh, like in the past few months, the dog has been my most like, you know, frequent partner in unwinding. Yeah. <laughs> so post-vaccination era, I will be getting back to unwinding with friends. Yeah, out of this corona. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I'm having you on because you are... I don't even know how to like accurately say it, but like you're not necessarily in a BDSM relationship, but you have BDSM experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what exactly does BDSM stand for? So there's bondage, um, there's sadism, masochism, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, domination, I guess. Yeah. Um, submission. I don't, there's a lot of different things. I actually don't know exactly what the letters are supposed to stand for. I just know there's this whole scene. Um, and there's a lot more kinks than just those things that when someone says BT, BDSM stuff. Um, I mean, there's people that like to be dominant, some that like to be submissive, some that are switches and do both. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's also, you know, the whole bondage component um, where maybe you're not or sub. Maybe you just like to be tied up or like tying other people up. Um, and then there's people that dress up like animals and there's people who like fire. <laughs> and there's people who um, specifically, you know, like one particular thing that just seems odd, like balloons, topping. Okay. So even though <laughs> I have more experience with you know, the bondage and the dominant submissive part of that. Then balloons. Yeah, I have okay. not showed the balloons yet. Okay. <laughs> I have up like a dog. Okay. <laughs> so what, what do you call yourself? Do you think that you're submissive, dominant, or more of a switch? I call myself a submissive. A. There's some people who that's their lifestyle. Um, and if you go on, you know, website like Pet Life, then there's, you can kind of, one of the questions they ask you, you know, when, like, what are you into is, 
or, you know, do you do this as a lifestyle or is this like a weekend recreation activity? Mm-hmm. Some people want to live their, you know, daily life as a submissive. Like they do what another person tells them to do whenever they tell them to do it. Yeah. Um, and that also is in the bedroom, but it's also outside of the bedroom. Um, but for me, it is very strictly inside of the bedroom. I don't really like to be told what to do outside of the bedroom. Right. <laughs> You'll get a very different reaction from me. <laughs> I am very much so the same. Yeah. Um, for people who don't know, what is Fat Life? Uh, it's a website that was, I, I guess, built for um, connecting people that have mutual interests. Uh, but you can, you know, if you have an account on there, then you can share what you're into and you can kind of see other people in the area that are willing to share, hey, I'm also into this. And then they can possibly, um, you know, connect with people online and maybe in person if you all talk and decide. So to is that. it specifically just for sex? It's for the lifestyle. And that okay. definitely goes beyond sex. I mean, some people, it is just clearly a, a sexual recreation and other people it is not it is a lifestyle it is 24 7 that's their headspace have you ever met somebody who it's like their total lifestyle yes um but I have to say none of my close friends have been um 24 7 so I couldn't tell you exactly how all that works I mm-hmm. just, um a lot of times you can tell a difference um because there's a thing called collaring. So um, somebody that is taking on a sub or a sub that, you know, has a master that or a dom that's um, kind of their, that's their main person. And they, there's something outside of the bedroom that also is, has that relationship to it. Um, then they'll wear a collar. That's just all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know a couple people that have been collared, but I haven't asked them about it much. I so is that like kind of like getting a ring? Is there like a proposal when it comes to that? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that I've heard is the drama associated with somebody really wanted to be collared and, and didn't get collared. So I guess there is an asking thing. And if you don't get asked, then you can be upset about it. And yeah, so there's definitely some relationship issues that can arise. Fascinating. That's really fascinating. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll try to get I, on that one. I'm, I'm going to have to send an email or two out. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, so I kind of just want to get this question out of the way. Um, but what do you say to, in response to women that feel that um, being submiss- the submissive role is an abusive role or degrading role? probably not for you as in like if that's the reaction that you feel from it then it's not for you (laughs) and I can see feeling protective of other women um, because naturally if you don't know that somebody is consenting to something then if you were to see these things happening without knowing that they have previously consented to it then you should be alarmed but um, I think most people that participate in these activities um, you know, do so if it's not, you know, in private environment, um, you know, they, if it's at an event, then it's very clear um, what the consent rules are. Mm-hmm. And that, 
um, you know, at any point in time, someone can, you know, flag and say, hey, no, I'm no longer consenting to this. Yeah. Point. Um, and if you just have a friend who's telling you about things um, and you, you feel like, gosh, that's not, um, you know, that's not right. He shouldn't do those things to you or she shouldn't do those things to you or they shouldn't do those things to you. Um, then you may want to stop and uh, ask them, like, is this something that, like, you specifically told them was okay to do, you know, and um, and maybe have a conversation with them about consent, you know, did you give consent for this? And if not, maybe talk to them about <laughs> getting a counselor to discuss yeah. the consent issues and uh, what's healthy versus what's not. I, I almost feel like because there are a lot of people that go into the, to that kind of scene, not understanding consent issues. There can be people from both sides, people who might be more submissive or people who might feel more dominant. If you don't understand the consent rules, then you can really screw up and you can, um, you know, not treat someone the way that you should treat them. If you're not understanding that they have to give you consent first. Right. That doesn't happen. Any event that I've been to, it's very clearly, you know, uh, in multiple places, like bold face, these are all consent-based activities. There's always uh, been a monitor to make sure that people have been, um, yeah, been keeping track of the consent and that um, people aren't in distress. Yeah, it's funny for me because like, I'm, I'm not in like the BDSM scene at all but I am extremely submissive in bed. And for me, I'm an extremely controlling person. And when I'm submissive in bed, I'm not necessarily giving up that control because I've had so much communication with my partner that they know exactly what I want. They know exactly like what like I would prefer to be done. It's just their choice if it's actually gonna happen. But they know the rules, they know like the red lines, they know like what's okay and not okay to do. So it's funny that like, and the dominant, it seems like they have so much power, but in reality, it's almost the submissive that has the, the majority of the power. Right. They, they determine what um, that person is allowed to do and not allowed to do. Right. Right. Safe words are always helpful, <laughs> especially since when it comes to not specifically what activities you're doing or not doing, but like let's say that you're really into being flogged. Um, well, there are definitely certain strengths of being flogged, you know, and you might be just getting red on the butt or you might be getting like bruised or you might have some bleeding involved. So you definitely, um, I mean, there's lots of different systems for communication, but some people say, you know, well, tell me yellow if you're like nearing the point where it's too much for you and red if it, I need to stop or like slow down or go. There's, you just set up a communication um, system ahead of time with yeah. whoever you're working with. So that they do you know, share your safe words. Right, share your safe words, let them know. No, what are yours? Oh, <laughs> you know, I haven't needed one in a long time. Okay. Um, yeah. It's not like Milwaukee. <laughs> <I know. laughs> okay. I have said red, though. Like, you have said red? red? Yes. 
I've used the in <laughs> the yellow red system for sure. And then there's always harder. That's a good one too. Like that wasn't hard enough. Harder, but most yeah. people get that one without free um, talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay. Has something ever gone um, too far and you actually liked it though? Yes. Yeah. Actually, um, I think I might have told you about this one before, but. I've, I've never even thought about, there are some people who are very much into breath play and passing out as part of their sexual experience. Um, I had never even thought about that. And so I was um, in a dungeon with a couple and um, I was tied to the ceiling and my arms were up above my head. And I guess um, I passed out easily. So it was just a blood flow issue. I don't think it had to do with the flogging or anything like that, but I happened to pass out and wake back up um, and they had, you know, brought me down, um, and, you know, they were concerned, like, are you okay? And I very much was, I actually, I was like, yeah, that was great. And so, you know, I gave them thumbs up and we just kept on going. It was wonderful though, because I did feel very much cared for, like they stopped and gave me care and made sure the consent was still there. Um, and then we were able to pick her back up, but I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it was something that's surprising that happened that you were actually like, I'm actually okay with it. I felt like I was on cloud nine. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know why. It might have been the lack of oxygen. Who knows? <laughs> but it doesn't seem like maybe that's the thing that I want to like put my brain through frequently. Mm -hmm. Like I pushed that angle, but it happened unexpectedly and it was not bad. <laughs> so what sparked your interest in BDSM? Like what was like, I guess your gateway to like all of this? I just like dancing and um, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> those clubs, sometimes you go to the wrong. I know you go to the club and then what do you know? You're flogged the next day. Right. No, it was uh, there. It was when goth clubs were fairly popular. Um, past when they were really popular. <laughs> um, and there are a couple uh, in Atlanta that like that, and here in Louisville too, uh, that had associated kink nights, and um, and so they would have a DJ and a dance floor with all of our very favorite music, but then also would have um, like. Oh, the crosses and the um, spanking benches and they had a lot of stuff there set up the bigger stuff where you could go and use it and of course they would sanitize it between uh, uses and they also had an aftercare station um, but yeah I just I went to one of those clubs with a friend and they happened to be into that and so I was like hey yeah let me try that that sounds fun and I got flogged for the first time and I was hooked endorphin rush after you I'm a little bit of like a you know if you dare me to do something I'll do it and you know <laughs> if it's painful oh well yeah um but yeah I I didn't realize that I liked that at all until I had that experience and then I was like we need to do more of that and my husband was very supportive <laughs> he was very supportive after my friends <laughs> 
That's amazing. So what's some advice that you would give somebody that wants to be um, in the BDSM scene or is new in the BDSM scene? You know, if you don't know anybody, um, right now it's pretty hard to just get an invite or go to a club. Okay, well, let's pretend there's no (laughs) pandemic. This is after the pandemic. Okay. People are planning for the future. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Honestly, I think these days the best way is to either get an account on FetLife or something like that where you can, they have quizzes online where you can kind of figure out what kind of things you might be into and what they're called so that then you can maybe look into that and see what kind of other people might be around that enjoy that. Um, And when they eventually get, you know, night started back up again where they can rent out venues and have these dance parties slash blogging parties, (laughs) hopefully they'll advertise some. But uh, yeah, I think right now online is pretty much where you're gonna go for everything. Yeah, so start slow basically. Yeah, and you know, if you go to your local shops that, you know, supply some of these things, you'd be surprised at how much the ladies at the counter know. (laughs) Oh, your local sex store. Your local sex store, those people, they understand their um, clientele. Also, they have really fun toys. They do. What's your favorite toy? Um, I think the WeVibe was my favorite until I got a special gift from my boyfriend. What's the WeVibe? Oh, it's that U-shaped vibrator that stimulates both inside G-spot and the clitoris. Oh, is it, does it have like a little sucking component for the clitoris? No, but that is a new one that I have now that I haven't tried yet. Very what is wrong with you? Start charging that not. thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to you. Give me okay. like 20 minutes. <laughs> In 20 minutes, right. Okay. Um, do you have any advice for people who are experienced or feel like they already know their shit in BDSM? Oh, any like any good them? reminders? Oh. Um, usually they're telling me what to do. Hey, okay. <laughs> That's respectable. <laughs> Be kind to your noobs. You yeah, are exactly. all ones. And also advertise more, please. Oh, you need Doms to advertise more? Yeah, well, mostly I just need the, you know, the scene. I think that maybe these days it's more um, prevalent than it was like a decade ago when I was first getting into it. But it was really like the fact that I just randomly found a club because a friend of a friend, you know, I got into it. I feel like it's almost less taboo now, though, because of like Fifty Shades, even though like that's kind of not an accurate version of it. But it was like women's first or people's first version of like actually getting wet off of (laughs) flogging and And bondage harnesses and bondage and (laughs) in a really fucked up relationship. it really like I'm so embarrassed by the fact that that turned me on so embarrassed (laughs) I finished those books like so incredibly quickly it was like (laughs) (laughs) but did you have time 
times where you're like, this book is ridiculous. I really Well, don't. a part of me was like, this writing is horrible. Like, I need to keep going. It was. It was awful. But then it's like, yeah, but what are they going to do next? But like, well, I guess it's like literally reading porn. So like, if that was actually scripted out, how great of a vocabulary would it actually have? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> Oh, we need something better to come out. Don't we? I tried to find something else, like, along the same lines of, like, BDSM and, like, a book, but it's not, like, a romantic book because I don't need that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I could not find anything. The closest what thing about? I found, like, had food in it, and I'm like, no, I'll pass. <laughs> I can't do food either. <laughs> I just, there's nothing really sexy about food. Like, I just want to eat it. I don't really, I, like, I want to consume and then be consumed. <laughs> I mean, I could see that. That's logical. But, but like, not in a kinky way. Like, I just want to eat my pizza, <laughs> take a Netflix break, and oh, then get eaten if out. Become, if you were a cam girl and you just started eating stuff online, like, you can make so much money. Because some people are just really into it. Uh, trust me, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if I get desperate enough or maybe not I hear a lot of people are just doing it for fun these days people are bored in this corona do you ever go for plain vanilla sex or do you always need um something like a little rough to get off so it's like BDSM and like rougher sex like more of a way of life and just like what you prefer or is it just like a special time type of thing it's a most of the time, that's what I prefer thing. Um, well, okay. I guess it skirts the line because I don't always need, I would say most of the time I do not get tied up. Um, and, but most of the time I do require some sort of pain during sex for me to really get there. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't necessarily need implements. So I don't know that I really consider things like hair pulling and I don't know, like slapping and spanking. That to me falls under the category of vanilla sex, even though it's painful. Yeah. But, um, it's just a normal day for you. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's not normal for everyone. Well, it's I normal for me, but. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm at on a, you know, daily basis. And then, um, yeah, when I am having a lucky day, <laughs> then there are implements. <laughs> when it's a celebration time. Yeah, I would never turn them down. What's your favorite implement? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Probably... I would say probably um, a hard paddle. Why? So a lot of the thin things, um, like there's, so there's the like rods and, and things that have like a cat of nine tails that have like the little bit, the tip that really burns. Um, the things that are really sharp kind of pain, um, it's like, it's, it gets to me in a way that is good, but also can distract me from the enjoyment of the sex. And so things that are much more study, like punching or um, 
things that are like wider leather or if they're like hard um, wood pieces, uh, then I can, I feel like I can take really hard hits and I can still get bruised and that nice feeling of like warmth afterwards um, and the shock, but I, it's just not quite as like irritating. So <laughs> it's less sense? of a sting and more of a thud. Yeah, I like the study stuff a little bit more. The singing stuff here and there, just to like remind me that, hey, this is unpleasant. <laughs> it's nice. Okay. Just can't have a whole lot of it. Yeah. No, I feel that. I want to turn around and smack them back. <laughs> <laughs> and I am a little bratty, so that'll. Are you bratty? Occasionally happen. Are I'm you bratty? I'm, I'm a wannabe brat. You're okay. Big, and and then I just start to enjoy myself too much, and I don't brat very well. But I do fully intend to. <laughs> but then once they're just like, no, actually, get on your knees. You're like, okay, if you say so. Like, oh shit! Yeah, those are just too good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will wrestle you first. <laughs> yeah. I'll question you. Yeah, I'll question your motives. But do you actually want me to? Okay. <laughs> um, in the BDSM scene, what's the definition of sex? Because I think, like, I guess, like, I have a hard time, like, imagining it. Because you said earlier that you were in a room with a bunch of people and, like, the hands. So, like, what's what's the definition? What if the dom doesn't get off? Like, what if only the submissive gets off? What if the submissive doesn't get off? What if there's no penetration? Is it just a session that's considered sex or what? You know, I think that that question is as nebulous for the BDSM scene as it is for, you know, everyone. <laughs> okay. now, now that it's not like the, I think it used to just be, you know, heterosexual penis vagina sex that is sex and nothing else with sex mm -hmm. um but you know culture has grown beyond that and yeah i think that everyone's struggling to make that definition clear um me from a health professional standpoint <laughs> you know, for me it takes on a very uh you know well what are the dangers sort of I, if it's possible you could get a sexually transmitted illness, then I would consider that sex. Yeah. <laughs> that, for me, I have to think about, like, how do I stay safe during this? If I'm having to think, how do I stay safe during this, then I would say I consider it sex. BDSM scene, I have no idea what the, like, majority opinion would be on that. But yeah. But they're very good in general. Um, the people that I know that are in that scene, because you have so much more communication about boundaries, rules, um, and permissions, uh, consents, you talk about, well, and how are we going to stay safe? Condoms mm -hmm. always, you know, um, or what are, what other types of things are we talking about? And so implements like toys. Yeah. So like, what if somebody was just exclusively using toys? Like, would that still be sex? Huh? I don't, think that the toys are going to count for an illness um, 
danger. <laughs> to me, but I would say then no. you <laughs> like knock out like lesbian sex right then and there. Cause like, what if, what if she doesn't go down? You know what I mean? Well, no, because you can still with fingers if you're going in different places. True. But what if it was just with toys? Oh, well, that's a good question. I haven't been asked that before. <laughs> What's something that people would be surprised to know about the BDSM community and relationships? Gosh, um, I think that they would be surprised at how kind people are. The people that I've met um, in both scenes uh, in Atlanta and in Louisville are the most thoughtful people. Um, like if you're just going to a random party or to a club, these people are just, I, I feel like I can trust them more. And you wouldn't think that from a bunch of kinksters that are wearing leather and wielding you know, weapons, <laughs> things right. that are with you, but, <laughs> and gagging you, <laughs> but, um, but no, because it is such a, uh, you know, it can be a dangerous thing if you're not thoughtful and careful and um, consensual, they, they're above and beyond, like the people that you can trust more than anybody. Yeah, I know that's so true. Like, and I would imagine that they would be extremely communicative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're good with it. They're good with communication. Uh, and I actually had a friend who was thinking about uh, trying something out for the first time, you know, as a noob, uh, like going for a weekend and like, you, you know, wondering, gosh, should I be worried? And I'm like, of all places, like this is one place I feel like you will be taken care of. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. If they like you. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> unless you ask otherwise. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What's a unique, well, okay, so you sound like you've been to conventions, or am I wrong? I have been to uh, one convention in Atlanta, it's called Frolicon. I've been a couple of different years, Um, and you know, it's not just, you know, BDSM, it's any kind of kink you can imagine, um, including furries, including, um, I'm trying to think of the oddball stuff they had in there. Yeah, what's a unique kink that, like, you've seen in person that you were like, whoa, never thought about that before? You know, for me, that moment, and this is not for other people, I feel like I just was behind the eight ball on this, but I didn't know war was a thing. Um, but then I met people that made that. It's Wait, what's boar? Boar is like, and this is more of like a imaginative, like a pornography type thing, because to do this in person, you can't really do that. But um, they, they make, uh, you know, giant women that. Um, oh, that consume like people. Yeah. Like, the, yes. like tiny, tiny men and they like eat them. Yes. Yes, it's all about like consumption, right? That's been, yeah, that's been an, the one that just blew my mind the most. But everything else, like, you know, enjoying, gosh, fire play and um, I guess sounding, things like that. I can understand it. It's all just like variations on pain and things that, like, knife play. Um, yeah, that all, it, it's just like a little bit dangerous. I can understand it, or if it's, it's painful. 
um, the furry thing or people that are, or not furries, but, um, oh, what is it called when they actually just consider themselves like feral? Fair. I've literally never heard about this, but I want to hear everything. <laughs> well, there's like two different types of furries. There's like the pets and then there's um, people that consider themselves more like animalistic. Mm -hmm. that are more like feral pets, uh, animals. And so that this convention, there's um, a specific like uh, space for people who want to like go and interact as their feral animals. So they dress up and um, will interact with each other as their animal selves uh, and like do things like wrestle or like fight for space or... Hmm interest in each other but like it's just very different from like and they have to have a separate space from like the people who like to be pets because those are tamed tamed animals that you know have keepers and owners and they just like to be petted and they're very obedient okay yeah so I didn't realize how diverse that subgroup was all right <laughs> I'm gonna, I feel like I'm going to be doing a lot of Googling after this because I felt like I knew everything about sex and now I'm like, I'm such a fucking noob. <laughs> um, what do you, but I feel like we already talked about that. She said, uh, what do you think Fifty Shades of Grey portrayed BDSM relationships? And we already said it was really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I did masturbate quite a bit reading that, though. I did, too. Like, honestly, I even remember what chapter it was. It was chapter eight or nine. And I read it, and I was like, am I what? Like... <laughs> the first one, the first book, was this when he first, like, introduces her to the room? Right. I think yeah. it was just the fact that it was, like, so incredibly exciting, but... Then I read the rest of the book. I'm like, you're fucking abusive. What the hell? Give me the next book. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's embarrassing. It was a train wreck. Okay, this person said, um, I love BDSM. I'm a submissive. Questions to you. Um, you should ask our hard limits, soft limits, rules to go over. Do you have the same kinks? Would you be willing to learn or explore new things? What are your adequate... Oh, okay. This is a proposition. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I like, In BDSM, I understand that like there, and this again is going to sound very ignorant because I've never had a BDSM relationship. I just like hard fucking, uh, which is not BDSM. But I have heard that there are like quote unquote punishments that could happen if like something doesn't go to like the dominance pleasing and it would all be like consensual. Mm -hmm. So like what are some like adequate punishments that have you have like endured? Mm. You say that with a hum like you're very happy about it and I love it. <laughs> like ah uh, good times. <laughs> no. <laughs> Most of the uh, most of the time that I have not 
um, been pleasing, I guess, to my dom, it's, it's because I am a little bit of a brat. And so, like, if somebody puts me in restraints, um, then I will test them and often get out of them. So if you get out of them, they're not real. There's like a, it's, oh, I'm been a bad girl and it's a punishment that, you know, I will be, um, you know, whatever implement happens to be around, you know, I might be flogged more or I may get um, like rotting some more, but mostly I'm just going to get tied down harder in a very painful way. Um, and that's been fabulous. <laughs> definitely been a good time. So basically they just like fixed the issue times 10. Yeah. And then, yeah, they hit you harder. That's been my experience. I mean, it works differently with, you know, whatever the relationship is and whatever people are really into. Um, yeah. I, you know, I guess the people that I've known, um, for some people, it has to do with isolation or um, uh, being, you know, put kind of in a timeout, either in a cage or like um, in a full body restraint, um, like suit. Mm -hmm. um, there's like uh, denying, denial of orgasms. Yeah, I actually read about that the other day, and then I had to do some research, and then I was, like, on Pornhub for way longer than I needed to be without masturbating, <laughs> because it was literally for science, and I was, my mind was blown, because at first I was like, why, why would, why, <laughs> why would you deny somebody an orgasm? That's so fucking rude. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, it's the power play thing. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. And then, you know, there's definitely research that shows, you know, you get close to an orgasm a few times before you finally have an orgasm, then it's going to be more intense, right? Um, well, I mean, I know that and I've experienced that, but it was the whole like ruined orgasm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, no, you're not going to get that. Like, this is yeah, exactly. And I was like, that's, that's a dick move. <laughs> well, you know, equally a dick move is forced orgasm. Um, cause there was a period of time where I like had, I could not move a muscle. I was tied down so like thoroughly that the only thing I could do was like breathe hard. Like I could not even arch my back. And then, I mean, you've seen the Hitachi ones, right? Like mm -hmm. to just give someone repeated orgasms with that when they can't move, like I couldn't breathe. Like I, I couldn't see straight. I resin like 17 times and like seriously, I was I couldn't move a finger after that. Like they just kept making me have orgasm until I physically didn't have the response anymore. I've never been so exhausted in my life. That was painful. Like I didn't want to have any more orgasms, and I kept having them. And I was like, this needs to stop. So so like, how do you in like that situation when like you're gagged or when like you're restrained or whatever? Like, how do you implement a safe word then, or like I a safe signal? I actually was not gagged at that point. Mm. 
but I'm not, sh- I'm not sure that I <laughs> would have had the presence of mind to say anything either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, hopefully if it really were so awful, um, I would have thought to say red. Yes, if you actually didn't <laughs> want it and it wasn't just yeah. a playful stop. If it wasn't, yeah. Okay. I feel like I should repeat this experience just to find out. <laughs> Yeah, for science. For science. I'm behind you. Go for it, girl. (laughs) Thank you for so much. Thank you so much for being on with me. I have appreciated all of your questions. It took me down memory lane. Yeah. Yeah, in a really good way. Good. Hopefully it turned you on. It doesn't take a whole lot, so. It doesn't take a whole lot. Great. Well, I'm going to have some fun dreams tonight and lots of stuff (laughs) to Google. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. This has been The Nude Attitude, a podcast focusing on radical body acceptance and anti-slut shaming from a true hoe. If you want to interact with upcoming episodes, ask questions, or request topics, please find me on Instagram at the period nude period attitude and on Twitter at underscore nude underscore attitude and on my website, thenudeattitude.com. I'm Madeline Gregg. Hope you keep coming back for more.